0: As we jump into the message for today, I have a a gift for all the ladies. We told you guys we had a gift for everyone. And so we're going to have, Grant's going to pass them out and Sarah's going to help pass them out. So these are little bags for everybody. And they say, full of hope from the sisterhood of Bethel OKC, which all of you ladies are a part of, even if you haven't come to a sisterhood event yet because we haven't had one recently. so. So here's a little bag you can take with you. And so today's theme is actually hope. I don't know if you noticed, um, we've got some hope touches happening around the room. And then, of course, your bag. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, And so, wait till everybody gets one. All right. So... A few months ago, as I was praying into today, I like to look ahead in the calendar and see what's coming, and I I said, okay, Lord, Mother's Day is a few months away. What's on your heart for the ladies of the church? And if if you've been here before, you know that we don't look at Mother's Day as only for the mothers. We really look at it as a day for the women. Um, You know, some people are not mothers, not by choice. Some people are mothers, not by choice, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right? and everywhere in between some people haven't had children in their home in a really long time some people are in the throes of all the bodily fluids all day long and the spectrum is just so wide and so we don't look at mother's day as something that's just to celebrate those that carry that title. We look at it as it's so much more than just Mother's Day. It's really celebrating who God made us to be as women. So men, your day is coming. You've got a few weeks until we'll celebrate, yes, not just the dads, but all the men as well. Um, But as I was asking the Lord, what's on your heart? He he said, hope. I said, okay, that's sweet. You know, that seems like a sweet Mother's Day message. And in the last few months, as I've listened to him, Talk to me about the hope that he wants us to carry. It's really changed a lot of my perspective as well. And so these bags say full of hope because it's a reminder that your calling in life is actually to carry hope right? So you can carry this bag as a prophetic reminder that your heart is supposed to carry hope within you. And so that's what we're talking about today. There's actually a lot of verses about hope in the Bible, but you know, we're in the middle of this Acts series. And so God said three months ago, talk about hope. And then he said, now do an Acts series. And then I said, Lord, How does Acts and hope go together? Of of course, they have a theme, right? Because God carries hope and is hope. But I felt like he gave me a sort of bizarre um, connecting point in our Acts. So if you want to follow along, we're going to be in Acts chapter 4 today, verse 29 and 30. We'll get to that um, in a little while, but if you want to look that up, you can. But there's a couple of verses on hope that I want to mention as I hope to define for you what is hope. Because the reality is we kind of sometimes connect the feeling internally of hope, positivity, joy, and faith kind of as the same emotion that we feel. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's hard to differentiate between I'm just having a really good day or I'm just really excited about my upcoming whatever is coming for you, and that can feel like hope, but then there's another aspect of hope that God has given us to carry that actually doesn't require a positive feeling, and that's what we're going to look at. Okay, so <clears throat> a couple of ones I want to um, show you, and then we'll connect some. Psalm 42:11. This is David saying, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. So there's an aspect of hope that I can actually move it, Okay, Hope is not just a feeling that moves me. It's actually something in my spirit that I can move. I can put my hope in God. Isaiah 40, verse 31. This is a personal, I love this verse for myself. And it says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So there's a connection between our physical response and the act of hope. Okay, Another one would be Romans 5, 3 and 4. Um, This is the one where he says, if you have trials, the trial's bring about perseverance in you. Perseverance gives way to character and character builds hope. And it actually becomes a cycle, right? But so there's this element of not only does our hope, can we move it and it can move us, but we can also grow it. We can steward it to being greater in our lives. Romans, um, no, excuse me, Proverbs 13:12. hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So I wanna talk about this one for a second. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Anybody familiar with that verse? You heard that before? So I thought that, I thought I would look up what the Greek context of what sick means, because a lot of us believe that there's actually physical sickness that you can come into when your hope is deferred, and I think that's one implication here for sure. Some of our sicknesses and diseases have spiritual roots, but not all of them. Sometimes it's just bad genetics, it's just germs, it's just a fallen world, right? But sometimes it's connected spiritually, and so what, the, what Proverbs is saying here is when hope is delayed, that word deferred means delayed or cast aside, okay? So when the... The thing we are hoping for doesn't happen, it can give way to make your heart sick. Another way to say that would be grief. That word sick in the Greek actually has connotations that mean grief. So there's an emotional component that happens when our hope is misplaced or isn't stewarded the way that it's intended to be stewarded. But then it says, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So there's an obvious implication that hope and longing have a connection there, right? And so what does it mean to have a longing fulfilled? Obviously, that's something we want to happen, happening. But why does it liken that to a tree of life? When I I think there's, obviously, we've talked about this in the scripture, there's lots of layers and implications and meanings, right? But one meaning, and the one I feel like the Lord is highlighting for us today about this, is a tree of life sustains you. It brings you sustenance. It gives you covering. it It bears fruit. And it also is confidence. A tree is something you can touch, knock on, climb on a lot of times, right? It's a sturdy, a tree of life is a sturdy tree. And so there's this aspect of when your longing is fulfilled, it becomes to you a place of sustenance, a place of confidence, a place of covering. So this element of what we do with our hope actually becomes really important because our hope put in the right place can renew our strength. Our hope put in the wrong place can make us grieve or be sick. Do you see what I'm saying? So when God, when Jesus says you've got these three things, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, but that hope piece doesn't mean that it's not as equally important. Maybe not equally, but it's very, very important. You guys know what I'm saying? So that's what I wanna, I wanna try to do my best to explain this. I believe that there is a real war on hope in today's day and age. There's something about when hope is accurately felt, It doesn't mean you always feel positive, right? You can have a bad day, but still have hope. Do you understand what I'm saying? The hope from God is this this sort of force within you. It's more than an emotion that, again, we can move. We can make the choice to say, wow, this is a really bad day. I'm going to take my hope and move it into the arms of God so I can be propelled forward. If you're struggling with strength, physical, emotional, um, spiritual strength in your life, Isaiah 40 tells us, put your hope in the Lord. Take that action of saying, regardless of what I'm seeing going on around me, I'm going to put my hope in you, God, and then that's going to initiate some sort of supernatural strength inside of me. It's pretty fascinating stuff, but there's a war on our hope, and I think it's, it's this, I think this is the reason. When you have a hope, you also have trust right? Trust and hope go beautifully hand in hand. I want to say it to you this way. This is, um, I felt like the Lord explained this to me and it was really helpful, that trust becomes the seat of hope in your heart. Your ability to trust in God actually creates the plane that your hope can sit on in your spirit that propels you either forward or backwards in your relationship with him. Does that make sense? So here's how we start. We start with a tiny little pillow, uh, you know, like maybe a, a decorative throw pillow, a tiny one of trust in your heart. It's small. And as we grow in situations and we have to learn to trust God, our hope can only sit, let's picture the pillow, this, the size of my finger. And so your hope is sitting on top of it. So that's not very good right? It's not going to, it's going to probably propel you away from the Lord more than closer to the Lord at that point. But God comes in, circumstances happen, and then he swaps out your tiny bit of trust for a bigger place of trust, and now your hope can grow. Do you see what I'm saying? So now you go from having a throw pillow of hope, of trust, excuse me, to a seat cushion, to a couch, to a throne, and as your trust grows, your hope in God grows. Why? Because it becomes like a tree of longing. It's, excuse me, that the longing is fulfilled. it becomes like a tree of life. Are you guys tracking with me? So understanding what's going on in your hope and your heart actually is really important to how you're doing today. I will say that there's a lot of points in my life where I felt like I was doing OK, but my hope wasn't doing OK right? Like, I'm okay. My life is good. I'm blessed. You know, I got a roof over my head, all of those things. But am I able to really hope in God to do something I'm asking him to do or that I feel like he said for me? Some days it's like, "Mm, not so much, right? And so I'm going to tell you a story and this is an embarrassing story for me, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. It goes along beautifully with Mother's Day. This is the story of how I became a mother. And um, it is, for those of you that know this story, it is pretty embarrassing and you'll find out why. And it's not graphic, okay? So uh, all of the men are like, "Wait, what? No, um, <laughs> no." When I got pregnant with Eli, we were 23 years old. We were newlyweds, so and we've been married about like two years. And um, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, handed me a book called "Supernatural Childbirth." Has anybody here ever heard of this book? Okay, two of you. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you might really like this story. So I read this book, and this is a story of a woman who had infertility, and she was healed of her infertility. Went on to have four, nine, and ten-pound babies completely pain-free. That's what she says, okay? No, no medication in the deliveries and totally pain-free. So I'm a 23-year-old woman who is deathly afraid of needles at this point in time. In the last 10 years, God has delivered me from that fear from practicing using so many IVs and whatnot in my life. Um, but I was very afraid. And so my fear of having an epidural or even considering that was so strong that I was absolutely convinced this book was the will of God for my life. And so I read it, and I, I said, Lord, is this you? Is, do you want me to have a supernatural childbirth? And you know what I heard him say? Yes. You go, girl. Right? So I'm like, yes. I said, the, in the book, it, it it challenges you to, like, ask God for confirmation. So I'm like ask him for confirmation and no external confirmation is coming. It's just me hearing him say yes over and over in my mind. So Grant graciously is like, well, I mean, if you wanna go for it, let's go for it. So here's how I went for it in my supernatural childbirth. I refuse to look at any type of birth anything. Okay? Not like how it was going to work, but like, like any kind of practicing breathing methods or anything like that. I was just so convinced that being in faith, that it would, it would hurt my faith to look at some of the practicality of it. So man, I was like ready. I mean, you, you know, he was there. So in the middle of this pregnancy, I also heard the Lord say, your baby's going to be born in September. So Eli's birthday, his due date was October 13th, Okay. So two weeks early, that's not crazy, although my mother who's here, props to my mom. This is I didn't forgot to introduce you, sorry, there she is. Um, that's my mom's our first Mother's Day to be together in a really long time, like probably since before I became a mom. And so Anyway, so uh, she, her, her babies were not early. I was like two or three weeks late, okay? But somehow in my mind, I was convinced, man, this is the will of God. It's going to happen. September. So September 4th, I had everything done, completely ready. I mean, there was not one thing left to do. And those of you guys who have had a baby or an overdue baby, you know what this story is about to, what's about to happen. So uh, 10 days later, I'm still pregnant. Okay, 10 days past my due date. I remember vividly, September 30th, 11.59 p.m., watching the clock tick to October 1st at midnight, thinking to myself, I think I maybe missed that my baby was gonna be born in September. I wasn't in labor, and I was like, push it down. Anybody know you are believing something big? You're like, forget about it. That, nope, can't even acknowledge what that might've been. Just move on, because I'm having a supernatural childbirth. And I should have stopped at that point and really questioned, but I didn't. So here's how the story went down. I was induced because 10 days later I was so desperate to be the only one inside of my body again that I was like, just get this kid out of me. And so uh, I induced, and it was a very painful labor. And God was so gracious to provide for me a nurse whose name was Jewel, if that's not just the prophetic nature of the Lord. And she happened to be her job, besides being labor and delivery nurse was the childbirth educator for the hospital. And so she asked me some questions about my plan. And I said, oh, I don't really have one. And she just sweetly rubbed me on the back. And she said, oh, well, I will help you the best I can. And I made it through. And I had this healthy baby and my heart completely broke. Because I had believed the Lord had said, you're going to have a supernatural childbirth. And so now I'm face to face with my trust in God being completely ripped out from under me. There's no more hope. There is no hope, right? Of course, we have hope in the fact that we know in our minds that he is God. But how do you practice hope after the very thing you've been believing for has completely shattered in a million pieces? And so I did a really good job faking it. I mean, I think the ones really close to me could tell that I was struggling internally. But I did a really good job just, you know, going to church and, you know, I'll pray for you and everything was about you. But when it came to me, the life source of my relationship with God had been fractured because he did not do the thing he said he would do. So three months go by and Grant says to me, as you guys have heard me say this before in other situations, so you know this is his telltale move. He said, Rachel, I think you need to go spend time with the Lord. And I was like, oh. I am fine, right? But he knew, he knew I wasn't fine, and God knew I wasn't fine, but I was determined that I was not going to let this situation hurt me, even though it had actually already hurt me. Does that make sense? So I went and spent time with the Lord, and in that process, I won't, I'll spare you all the long story of it, but essentially the Lord said to me, Rachel, your fear, remember I mentioned I had this fear of needles, okay? He said, your fear blinded you to hearing what I was really saying. And it was debilitating to me to recognize that we can have something like fear change the voice of God in our minds, right? You guys are all nodding because you've all been through something like this. And it was scary because I thought, if I don't know how to ever hear you again, Lord. And I remember spending the first 10 minutes of that time with God essentially yelling at the Lord and just venting everything. Now, you guys might be feeling like, well, you shouldn't do that. Read the Psalms. That's what that is, right? And in the midst of David's unbelievably ranting vent of murder them all, God, burn them at the stake, essentially, if you read it, that's what he's saying. But then he turns around and goes, but you're so good, Lord, (laughs) right? And then God looks at that and says, that's a man after my own heart. Why? Because David had the ability to be vulnerable before the Lord and call a spade a spade right? Not to just say, man, it's all good, Lord. I know you've got a plan. But to say, Lord, I don't know what your plan was because that was awful. How did that come to pass, right? And so I spent my first 10 minutes of this time with the Lord basically doing that and saying, God, what on earth? And I don't even know if I can trust that I could ever hear you again because I believed so strongly that that was you. And now here I am face to face with, you know, what if everything else I've heard you say is a lie? And I'm being super vulnerable and honest with you guys today because I know that there's some of us in the room that need to know that this is the process. This is the journey that we go down. As we want to carry hope and be full of hope, we have to be willing to look at the robbing moments. I wanna say it to you like this. When you go to the grocery store, you put your stuff on the conveyor belt. I have a lot, a big family, so sometimes my grocery store conveyor belt is really long. And have you ever had a checkout person who everything's stacked up on the counter and they refuse to move the thing that's stopping the belt? They just keep taking the stuff behind the belt. Anybody ever had that happen? And so like your cart is so full and you can't put it up there because they won't let the belt keep moving, right? And I'm sitting there going, come on, just take the, take the yogurt. It's like the smallest box. Take it up so that I can get the big stuff out of there. And, and I, I felt like the Lord was saying that our relationship with him in the timeline of our life happens sometimes like a conveyor belt, that these moments where our trust is robbed, they become like something that we set down on the movement sensor. And so no matter what is coming behind, the blessing of God, the revelation, the understanding that you're looking for, it can't get through to the checkout because this thing won't move. It's all there. It's all sitting there waiting for you. But until you go, excuse me, can we move this one? This one's like $2. Can we just go ahead and scan that one in? You know what I'm saying? And this happens in our life all the time. So let me liken it to this situation with me. Had I not gone to the Lord, I can guarantee you I would not be standing here today. Because I had to deal with what happened when my trust was assaulted. I had to deal with what happened when my hope was robbed, when my faith was attacked. And when I dealt with that, the line began to move again, and I began to start to have understanding. I will tell you completely honestly, it was five years until I had a complete breakthrough about that situation. Now, I know it is a silly story. It's a funny story. I do enjoy telling it because it's so ridiculous that... You know i could ever have really believed that not if you want to believe that i will pray with you but i will also pray that you will have an external confirmation that confirms that's god's will for you and i would also say to you you can still be in faith and, le- and learn about other childbirth techniques but anyway so um i didn't i didn't know how to do that so i i honestly and let me put it this way i honestly felt like i would be compromising my faith but the thing is that your faith leads you and it does not lead you into denial your faith can be very strong in the midst of all the reasonable factors around you, right? All the very reasonable, like when you're facing a medical crisis and there's like medical data saying this is this and this, you can still have so much faith and listen to what the doctors are saying and your faith can prevail. It's possible. You just have to have the right frame of mind about it. You have to be willing to carry hope inside of you. So for me, Five years went by after this situation and it was the night before Jack was born and I was being induced again and I I something came over me and and you know if if you you just know sometimes us women we have emotional moments and this was one for me and I started crying and I was I just couldn't stop crying and it was because I was coming face to face with the same situation. And life does that to you, right? Where you have this to, like, total failure of a spiritual moment, and then eventually you'll come back around to a situation that taps on that same failure. And sometimes it's the kindness of God to show you how far you've come. It's almost like the test that you failed the first time and then you get to retake it and you know you're gonna pass. It's almost like that kind of a thing. But so here I am face to face with all of this fear again and I'm I'm realizing how far the Lord has brought me over the five years between. And then God said this to me and this was so powerful. And he said, Rachel, I have created you to be someone who believes for big, crazy things. You're someone who carries faith in that way. And he said, what happened to you with with the story I told you? is that that part of your faith, it was a direct war on that. And because you didn't see it like that, you've questioned everything of who you are. See, what happened, I wish I would have been able to see this and say, oh, that was the enemy twisting all of these things and circumstances and and letting me pretend like my fear wasn't really there so that I would believe God for something that wasn't in the Lord's plan from the get-go, so then I would be disappointed and then I would never want to believe God again. Because I'm just going to tell you that the things that you're gifted with and anointed with, they're not just for you. They're for other people. And the people around you need you to be faithful to this journey. They need you to be picking that stuff off that belt so that you can move forward. So when their day of trauma and and difficulty comes, you have something to offer. If I had just sat there and said, well, you know what? I thought I was a faith-filled person, but man, it really went so badly and never tried again. We would not have a church. Let's just be really honest, right? And there's, I mean, I know every single one of you, we have these moments where your faith is tested or your your heart or something that you believe for. I felt like the Lord was saying it to me this way, that what if the thing that you feel so disappointed in is actually something you're called to carry? But what the enemy wants you to do is back so far up from him and just let that, that seat of hope be robbed, right? So that you don't get back up and try again. Because if you don't get up and try again, then you never really know what's going to come. For me, it was a 10-year journey of learning what does it mean to hear the Lord. How do I know when God is saying something crazy to believe for? How do I know it's really Him? And in that journey of going towards Him and not away, He taught me. This is how I speak to you. And He told me, I will never speak something crazy to you that doesn't have a confirmation externally. Right? That you're going to know. We look at Gideon. I love the story of Gideon where the angel comes to him and says, Behold, mighty warrior. And he's like, I'm sorry. You showed up to the wrong person. That's not me, right? And he lays out a fleece before the Lord, not because he didn't trust God, but because he wanted to make sure he was applying his faith in the right place. And I believe the Lord honored that because God wanted him to stand up with confidence. Remember, Proverbs tells us a longing fulfilled becomes a tree of life. So when we step out in the right place and it's fulfilled, man, that thing becomes this amazing tree that also creates shade for other people it also creates fruit for other people to eat from so it's important it's really important so I want to say to you what is the thing that's on your conveyor belt today what is that thing of hope that's being warned warred against that the enemy has waged war on because if we are not paying attention what we do is we create a shell of ourselves that worships God on Sunday, that acknowledges ourselves as Christians, but in our heart of hearts, only the place that God can see, right? I'm, not even, I'm talking about even the parts that your spouse, the people living in your house can't see, just that secret place where the Lord says, hey, what if I could do this? And you say, uh-uh, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna go there. That is just too scary. I mean, I've been there. I know that feeling when the Lord kind of nudges you and you're like, why would I do that, Lord? Remember last time? <laughs> Remember how awful that went? How am I supposed to think it's going to go any different this time? Here's where hope comes into play. As you're dealing with it and paying attention to it, then we take our hope and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to put it in you. All right, so let's pick up Acts chapter 4. Let me give you a little bit of background before I tell you this, this section. This is where Peter and John are walking to the temple to pray, and the man is, is um, lame on uh, the temple the, at the gate, beautiful, and he says, you have any money for me? And Peter and John say, I don't have any money, but I'll give you what I do have. Get up and walk. That's, that's, this is the aftermath of that story. The three of them, the, the man who received the miracle, and Peter and John go into the temple. They're preaching with boldness. People are figuring out that guy, whoa, He got healed? This is crazy, because they all are very familiar with him. And then the Pharisees start making threats, threats on threats. And Peter and John just keep preaching boldly. The Pharisees keep making threats. Okay, that's the background. So Peter and John go, one more piece of background. Peter and John go back to the, the group with the disciples And they start praying, and they're praying specifically against the threats that have been made at them, okay? So here's what we're going to pick up pretty much in the middle of that prayer, verse 29. So as they're praying, they say, So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. As soon as they were done praying, the earth began to shake underneath them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 31 it says, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. What does this have to do with hope, Rachel? Here's how I'm gonna tell you. This is their prayer. So now Lord, listen to their threats. This is, how, this is the key I feel like we need when we're dealing with getting that thing off the conveyor belt. We take stake of what's really happening. We come before the Lord and we say, listen, Lord, listen to the threats that the enemy is taking against me. Here's what they sound like. If you have another disappointment, you might not p- pick yourself up again. If you step out in faith and it doesn't come through, you might not want to be with Jesus anymore. These are the kind of threats that happen, right? They're not overt. You're going to go to jail, at least not in America at this point, praise God. But it's, not, but it's in your heart. It's these subtle things of, if I step out and believe this, am I, is that relationship going to be ruined because I said, hey, the Lord wants to do this in your life? Okay, so we take that to the Lord and we say, listen to these threats that are coming against me. But then you go on to pray, empower us as your servants, So I've been sharing this a lot lately, and I'm going to keep sharing it. And and it's, it's this concept that we are but dirt apart from God, right? We are formed from dirt. Women, we are formed from bone. There's nothing inherently magical about us just as people without God. Right, And so when we start separating who we are and who Jesus is, and and we take stake of the fact that apart from Jesus, we cannot do any of these miraculous things, then it gives us the confidence to go for it because we're not trying to do it on our own. We're not trying to do it to please Jesus, to make him proud of us. We're trying to offer ourselves as vessels that he can come and use. So this is what they say. They say, empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. And then they say, stretch out your hand of power through us to heal. In other words, Lord, I'm going to stretch out my hands because I believe you. I'm willing to hope in you. But your hand, your hand has to come through my hand and actually do the healing. Your hand has to come through me and actually do the signs and wonders and the miracles, right? And that's essentially what they're asking. Despite all of the fear that I feel, you can use me to do what you want to do. And that so moves the heart of God that the ground begins to shake underneath them. It's so is it's so beautiful that despite the threats and the fear that they feel, that they're willing to offer themselves to the Lord. It's like all of the earth starts to resound. Right? Psalms tells us that even the, or Isaiah, the rocks are going to call out that even the rocks are gonna cry out. And it's like the rocks underneath them felt the power of what could happen when somebody in fear or disappointment or frustration or worry offers themselves to the living God and the living God comes through them. And in that connection where our sonship is fulfilled in those moments, the earth begins to shake and then they're all filled with the Holy Spirit again and they start being even bolder than they were even praying for. But what would happen if they took that threat and said, wow, we had this moment where we were believing for you, God, and you healed this man, and we started to preach, but it, it didn't end well, right? They, they were threatened. They had to leave. What if they took that and said, that was a bummer. I don't know if I can step out again because you didn't come through and do the things I wanted, you know, you know I thought you were going to do, right? No, instead they said, God, despite all of that, would you come and move? And, and the thing I find the most beautiful about this is that they, they say, despite it all, I'm going to let myself be a vessel that you can come and inhabit to do what's in your heart to do. To me, that's what being full of hope looks like. You have to have hope in your heart to offer yourself to the Lord, right? If your trust is sitting vacant, there's no hope sitting on it. If your hope is floating around looking for trust to sit on, because these situations have been robbed, you're not going to offer yourself, why? It's just too dangerous, way too scary. Why would you do that? We all have a, self-pre- a self-preservation default inside of us. It protects our emotions. It protects our physical safety, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. That's a natural response to scary situations that God gave you to help protect you. And so there's times in our life where we have to say, this is a God-given thing, but right now it's actually hurting my ability to walk towards the Lord. So listen, here I come before you, Lord, and listen to the threats, but empower me anyway. So again, I just want to ask you, What's robbing your hope today? What's the situation that you need God to come and help you move off? I know it's a heavy thought. I mean, I could tell you I've had miles of conveyor belt blocks <laughs> that I have unearthed. And there's more to come. I have no doubt about that. Right? We have, to, we have to continue to remind ourselves that there's not a point in life where we get to perfection, where everything, we have no issues, where we don't struggle, where we're not tripped up by something. That's not real. What is real is practicing and learning how to deal, how to get back up, how to deal with that thing, and how to put it in its rightful place. I believe that God's heart for you so deeply is that the place that you feel the most offended in your trust with the Lord would become a tree of life for you. That that place that you feel like, God, you so let me down. You so did not come through. I, I just, I had prayed over this. I had believed for this, and then this happened, right? That, that I just want to say to you, I, I feel like the Lord just keeps just reminding me that what if the way they all, that all went down was not him at all? And what if the enemy has put a little hook in there to try to explain to you how you're not something that you thought you were when none of it was God anyway? And what God wants to do is come in in the midst of those ashes and shape them into something beautiful and make it into a tree of life that actually produces fruit and does all these amazing things and brings confidence into you and gives you the strength, right? That you can have strength from the Lord to continue to go. But until we focus and deal with that thing, we're just kind of stuck. So that's what we're going to do to end our time. And I wanna say one more thing, and so here we go. I'm gonna believe for something crazy and I'm just gonna step out on there. This is not the craziest thing I've ever told you guys, so it's a little bit more peaceful for me. But when I felt like the Lord gave me this um, word hope for us, this is what I felt like he said. He said, I want to bring babies into your body, not my body, okay? (laughs) Praise God, thank you Jesus. No, I, I felt like he said, there are people who have been wanting a child a physical, natural child, and I want to do that in this seat, like with this message. And I said, God, that is really uncomfortable to say because I have had my own disappointments. I haven't struggled with infertility, but I've had my own disappointments. And when somebody calls out the thing you're disappointed in, it doesn't feel good, does it? You're like, oh, why'd you have to bring that up? This was all so great until then, you know? But I, I really believe the Lord was saying that we're going to provide an opportunity today where we say, in our hope, Lord, we are giving you a vessel to come and do miraculous things. And it's good. And so when I had that, when the Lord told me that, and he said babies, okay, so it wasn't just one baby. Can I share this? So the Lord told me this, and I said, okay, God. So I started praying, Lord, I'm going I'm to go for it. I'm going to pray everything I know how to pray. Bur- burst forth whatever needs to be broken, you know? And I think it was like a month later. I mentioned to Sarah, I feel like the Lord is saying that on Mother's Day we need to pray for babies. And then just after that, she goes, well, I'm having a baby. Now listen, how many years have, we, have you been praying for that? Like at least four in, of this round, right? And then more before that, okay? And so God has already done part of what he said he was going to do, which completely to me, I just have to say, Dumbfounded me. I mean, I literally was like, I'm so excited for you, and I'm also so weirded out that the Lord told me a few months ago that this was gonna be a thing, and here it is taking shape in front of my eyes. And so it's already started happening. So here's what I want to say to you. If you're wanting a baby, today just might be your day. I don't know, okay? But I believe that God has said it and He's already started to do it. And I think there's something in us that needs to continue to hope. Let me put it that way. There's something in us that continues that needs to continue to say, Lord. this is still in my heart. I want to put my hope in you. I want you to renew my strength to go after this one more time. It may not make sense, but why not? What if God really makes sense anyway, right? Okay, so that's what we're going to pray for. So I want to pray for anybody that is longing for a child, and then we're going to take some time to just deal with what that thing on the belt is. Actually, we're going to do that reverse. We're going to take some time to deal with that thing on the belt first, and then I want to pray for anybody that's longing for a child. I am not going to ask you to raise your hand, okay? So don't freak out. We're not gonna highlight anybody in the room that that's not what this is about. If you want like personal prayer, come and find me, I will pray for you, but I'm gonna pray a corporate prayer over everybody, and you're gonna believe in your heart and apply your faith, and we're gonna picture it like this, like like we're standing there saying, I'm gonna stretch out my hand, and then Jesus comes like into you and stretches out his hand and does that thing. That's how healings work, that's how miracles work. It's really not about us anyway. Okay, now I'm nervous. Is anybody else nervous? (laughs) Great. So, you know, most of you guys know that I track the prophetic words that we give. I actually, it matters to me that they come true because God is so real and so tangible that I'm not interested in presenting something that's not real. You guys know what I'm saying? Why would we even mess with like the tiny bite of the, you know when you go to ice cream and they give you the tiny little sliver of the, of the taste test and then you don't buy the whole cone because you felt satisfied on the tiny thing? Like, no, that's not what this is about. I'm telling you the tiny taste and then, and then the Lord is going to give you the whole cone. And so, you know, there's no reason to just focus on the small, we're going to focus on the big. Okay, got so off track there. So here's my nervous rambling happening. Can you put some music on? And here's what I want you to do. Aside from the babies, okay, I want you to really ask the Lord for a second, God, is there something that's blocking my faith from you? Is there something that's robbing my hope? I want you to ask that. Let him speak to you. And then I want you to ask him, God, what do you want to say to that place in me? I have full confidence he's gonna speak to you if you ask him to, okay? So Holy Spirit, we just dedicate this time to you. True Lord Jesus, you are here to right wrongs and reconcile thinking. And so Lord, I ask right now as we present ourselves, would you show us the things that are blocking our hope from manifesting correctly, the things that are blocking our conveyor belt and holding back your blessings from us. Show it to us now in Jesus' name. And it may come to you as a picture. It may come to you as a scripture. But just take a note of it on your phone, on a piece of paper in front of you. Okay, and so there's a piece of this that sometimes requires us repenting for something that actually happened to us. It's a weird feeling to say, well, why do I need to say I'm sorry for something that blindsided me that I didn't ask for? But the reason is because we sometimes need to take ownership over the fact that it's there. And so what I want you to do, if you feel like the Lord highlighted something and you feel comfortable doing this, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to, you can do it later. Uh, but I encourage you to not miss this moment that the Lord is opening for you. And so this is the way it looks for me. If God gives you a different prayer to pray, you can do that. But this is what I want you to do is say, Lord, you don't, you, know, you don't have to say it out loud, but just take ownership of it. I am sorry that I let this fear, that I let this disappointment, just put the name of what it is. I'm sorry that I let this block the belt of your blessing in my life. And I ask you now, Lord, to remove that thing from me to remove all of the residual damage that it did to my heart and to my soul. Remove that right now in Jesus' name. And so then now, Lord, I'm asking that you speak to every single one of us. What do you want us to know about that situation? So Lord, I ask that you seal up in all of our hearts. I ask for healing in the soul and in the spirit for every place of disappointment. I ask that you seal these, these woundings, these traumas, these, these assaults on our trust and hope and faith. Seal them in the blood of Jesus right now. And Lord, would you send your spirit of understanding to continue to teach us what we need to know to move forward? Because Lord, we don't have time to sit any longer. We don't have time to just be removed from you anymore, Lord. We want to move closer to you, not away from you. And this thing that you have highlighted, God, I thank you. We trust it to you that you're going to continue to lead us down a journey that goes towards complete and full healing and breakthrough in Jesus' name. And so now as you guys are still just connected to the Lord, I want to pray for anybody that's longing for a child. Just open your heart to the Lord. And God, we offer ourselves as the vessels with which you move through to do the thing that's on your heart. God, I thank you for that longing that is a promise of hope. Lord, I thank you for that longing and and the the ability to renew our hope even today. Despite any kind of reasons that may make us think you won't do it this time. Lord, I ask for confirmation and for breakthrough today in the name of Jesus. We speak to every place of infertility to bow to the name of Jesus. Jesus right now and Lord I bring every couple in that is longing for a child into your throne room right now Lord that into your place of healing and wholeness Lord you know exactly what's going on and so we just say stretch your hand through our hands and fix every issue and bring those babies that you were talking about Lord I ask for hearts to be bound in your care I ask for the emotions that come with all of this to be covered in the name of Jesus, to be surrendered to you, God. And Lord, for those of us who are are championing this on your behalf, uh, ladies and gentlemen that are longing for babies, I just want you to know you're not alone in this struggle and that you have a body of people who are going to continue to pray for you on this journey. And so Lord, we thank you for the son's baby and for the beginning of what you're doing. Lord, we thank you that that's one of many that you want to bring in the coming months. And so we just say, do it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen.